Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack is Back podcast. I'm your host, David Vallier, and uh, super excited about today's show. First of all, we have Coach Matt Chasby back on. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Valley. Absolutely. And uh, a gentleman that the world calls Chris Davis, but I affectionately, I think all the guys that played with him affectionately call him Wally, um, was just, matter of fact, I had him turn off the video for this because I just look at him and I just start laughing at all the good times we had together. So, Wally, welcome back to the show, buddy. Or welcome to <laughs> the show, Thank you very much. Say. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited uh, to have you on. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> uh, but before we go into that, just I'm trying to give updates on the front end of all these podcasts, maybe for the first six or eight episodes, just in case people jump in late. But uh, the point of the podcast is really to like our fraternity is spread out all over the world. And so many of us are so busy going in different directions. So we thought, you know what? Let's just. Let's just start grabbing guys we played with and then guys they played with. And, you know, we want different generations of guys to just update. We can't always be in the same place at the same time. So let's just jump on Zoom and have some conversations and get hockey updates along the way. So the point of the podcast is to give hockey updates, which we're going to get from Coach here in a minute, um, and then alumni updates and talk about some of the things that we're doing as alumni. So that's what we hope to get out of today's show. So with that, and without further ado, Coach, let me turn it over to you. Give us an update on uh, where we're at, um, You know, maybe some of the things that we've missed, and then some of the things that are ahead with the hockey team. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we just got off a pretty extended road trip. Uh, we took off November 2nd, and we were able to touch down here this past Friday to the 18th. So maybe the longest road trip in the history of the program. Um, we started that road trip in Air Force in Colorado Springs, uh, a team who I thought we were going to be very competitive with, and we were. Uh, Friday night was a good battle. It was a 4-3 hockey game late. Uh, we pulled our goalie. It's actually a 4-2 game late. We pulled our goalie, scored with the empty net, made a 4-3, and then they got an empty netter on us to make it a 5-3 game. But definitely was happy with our effort that opening night. Uh, unfortunately, we had – two forwards in our top six that went down and that weren't available for the most part, the rest of the trip, which was, which would kind of handcuffed us. But uh, Saturday night, I was really, really happy with their effort. I think it was probably the most consistent 40 minutes uh, we've played all year. Uh, we scored in the first period, they tied it up in, in the second. And then we were one, one late. We were the victim of a freshman decor that, or a decor that has five freshmen on it. And <laughs> eventually it, it seems to keep biting us at some point every, uh, every game, but uh, made a bad pinch in the neutral zone game of two on one, and then made it a two, one hockey game. And then they got another empty netter, but uh, that air force game Saturday night, I felt like that was the first game that we've lost that I, I really thought we should have won that game. I think we deserved a better outcome, but overall I, I, I'm happy that we're, uh, a one goal difference than a program that's as prestigious and as, as solidified as Air Force and 
Coach Saratori down there was an incredible host. Um, they have a, an amazing thing going. Their rink's being fully remodeled. Uh, so they're, they got a, they got a great, great future down there at Air Force. Um, from there, we were able to head down to sunny Arizona State. Uh, and we got to play in probably the, the newest, nicest building in college hockey and got to experience, you know, what life would have been like if <laughs> – if things were different and you, you wouldn't played hockey in a, in a state like Arizona. So uh, that, that series was a good series for our guys. It was a hostile environment. That new rink is absolutely beautiful. Um, they packed it each night. Um, probably the most exciting thing that from that came from that weekend was the turnout of our fan base down in Arizona, um, as well as the alumni that showed up. And so just a great weekend overall. Uh, our guys were fairly competitive Friday night. I thought Arizona State's top line, uh, we just couldn't contain them for a full full 60. That game ended up being a 5-2 hockey game. Um, but it, again, kind of same story as earlier on in the year, just taking penalties on the road just comes back to bite you. So uh, we came out Saturday night with a great effort. It was a one nothing hockey game with about nine minutes left. We were – we were down uh, and then they got a goal off the rush to kind of finally get that uh, separating goal to make it a two nothing game. And then we pulled our goalie and they got an empty netter. But the best thing that came out of Saturday night was we played our freshman goaltender, Jared whale. Uh, he is a kid from Alberta who we brought in a year early just because we thought he had such a high upside. And he was absolutely incredible uh, in that Arizona state game. I think he had 45 saves. Uh, for that to be his first experience of NCAA hockey, the Arizona State coach stepped off the bench and shook my hand. And the only thing he said to me is like, who the hell was that goalie? Because that was his first NCAA game. I was like, yeah. He was like, you need to maybe start playing him more. So very excited about our goaltending future. And it's, you know, it's convenient that uh, Chris is joining us today and he can kind of share his, some of his experiences, but very, very exciting. And I think, uh, that kind of brings us up to a point where I can hand it back to you, Valley, and we'll get caught up there on what, what went down in Vegas uh, in the next one here. That's exciting. So, you know, it's really funny. Hockey is so small. You mentioned Frank territory. I mean, I haven't heard that name forever. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously like he's out there in, in college hockey, but when I was coming up through the ranks, you know, that was a name that was just ahead of me and, trying to think of where he was at, whether he was at Dakota or, or maybe he was, you know, I can't remember where he's at. I'd, I'd have to look that up, but um, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. And then um, you and I were talking offline about one of the kids that plays for ASU, his brother plays with my son in Michigan. So hockey's so small. It's just always blows my mind, but all right. Thanks for that update. I appreciate it. Chris, my man. <laughs> here we go let's try and keep it together so we, uh, just, we'll do our best yeah we'll do our best so just for listeners um wally and i were roommates for two maybe three years during college um you know arguably one of the funniest goalies i've ever played with just a total goofball and living together was just classic um we've got some funny stories there but before we get into any of that why don't I hand the mic over to you and just tell us, like, where have you been since UAA? Tell us about your UAA experience and, and fill us in on uh, who you are post-UAA. 
Well, I, like I said, I'm excited to be here, Val. And I know uh, you, you we're supposed to tell some stories from back in the day, but I, I, I've been really trying to find one that we actually can. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're, uh, I've narrowed it down to a couple that, that there you, you go. Know, All right, we'll, we'll have to PG, <laughs> no, PG. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, life's been awesome. Yeah, life is. I, I absolutely love uh, what I've become and what I've done here. And you know, I played back in the '90s, mid '90s, with you and. Uh, you know, up at UAA, and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I left to play pro for one year, and, and I've always said that if, if you know, if, if I didn't come back to my hometown here in Calgary, then I, uh, I would love to be living up there. Um, it's just so the fans were fantastic. The, the, the town's fantastic. Uh, the program was awesome. It, it, it was, you know, the, the playing in the Sullivan Arena packed every night was an experience. So, it was uh, it was a great time in my life, and it, it really helped me shape the, the person that I've become. Um, you know, I've obviously always been in sports and uh, always been very active. So when I, I quit hockey, I, I came back home, and uh, I actually met a girl that could not stand hockey players. <laughs> she uh, she said if she had met me while I was still playing, we probably would never got together. But we're uh, we happily married and and uh, over twenty years now with three children and settled into a little little town close to Calgary here called Okotoks, which has one of the best junior programs around. Um, so I go watch quite a few of those games and see what kind of talent that we could maybe send up north there now. So I, I got out of sports and I, I got out of hockey and got a couple of office jobs when I first. Uh, started into the real world and realized that it just was was not the thing for me. I didn't want to be sitting at a desk and uh, doing any of that. I wanted to stay in sports somehow, so I actually became uh, I became a golf pro. And I uh, for over twenty years now, I've been working in the golf golf industry here in Calgary. So uh, great experiences and obviously uh, a lot of fun. It's a very different world. It's a universal world, and like you just. Talked about with hockey being such a small world, so is the golf world. You know, you go you go everywhere and you, you meet guys that uh, on and off the golf course that, that played college and played, you know, uh, tier one. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good life. It's fun. That's exciting. Yeah, I know that's a quick update. And I can relate to something you just said there. I remember the first job I got out of hockey, I went and worked for a bank. And about three months into this, I just, yeah, I was at a desk all the time. I couldn't stand it. It's just not my personality. And I just sort of waiting to take orders and uh, I had to quit. I just, just couldn't stand it. And I actually made me think of, um, you know, a story from Brian Kraft, who we'll have on some other episodes, how he got started with his lodge and just recognized that desk job wasn't for him and he moved on to other things. So I, I certainly can relate to you there. Now you've got yeah. three kids, you've got three kids, uh, two sons and a daughter. Talk to me about yep. the kids, any of them in sports, what are they up to? You, you know, they, my, my baby girl's the youngest. She just turned 18 the other day. Uh, we, we started early with kids and she's probably the most athletic in the family. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, my two boys, unfortunately did not inherit some of my athletic prowess. So, but they, they did get my, 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 my smarts, let's say that. So, cause as you know, being a goalie, you're, you're the best looking and the smartest on every team to play on. So, <laughs> so luckily they got that. <laughs> uh, 
my uh, my oldest son, he's 23. Uh, he went to engineering school and now he's with the firm on his first job and doing really well. And certainly a lot better than I was at the age of 23, but uh, he's worked hard in that field and, and worked his way up. So we're super proud of that. Uh, my middle son is now 21 and actually lives out on the coast. Uh, he's kind of like me, I would say, when I was younger, kind of the free spirit and didn't want to really fall to the norms of, of society, whatever you want to say. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's out on the west coast of Canada and Victoria and doing his thing out there with uh, working at a bakery and living life on the ocean. And That's then awesome. my yeah and then my my youngest my like i said my baby girl she's she was on uh our junior luge team for canada here for a while uh which is one of the scariest things as a as an adult and as a parent to watch uh it's incredible uh, yeah it, it was crazy like we we had to go there and uh, obviously with practice for us it was about an hour and 10 drive to the to the luge track you know three times a week and it's crazy how fast they go on that thing. And here's your, your baby girl flying down. Uh, and it's, it's crazy. She had a couple bad crashes. And, you know, it's uh, the one story I have is, is you volunteer during practice. And uh, you have to, uh, what most people don't know is they actually cover up that, that track to keep it from melting for practice. So okay. just when you see it on TV and in competition, they take that cover off so you can see the people come down, right? So it's a big tube. She's covered the whole time. Basically a big tube. Yeah. The, the, the cover is like a cloth thing. So but you, you would volunteer as a parent to, to help the kids on and off the track and only one on the track at a time, obviously. But uh, I was working at the bottom of the track to help the kids get their, their luge out of the track and onto the truck so the next kid could go. And I could hear her. So you don't see them with this cover on it, but you, you can hear them and you can, you can tell how well their run is going by the sounds they're making. Yeah, you know, if you start hearing some scraping, you you know they're a little sideways and could be bad. And I was at the end, and all I heard was my, you know, the scraping and not a good sound. And then my daughter scream, and then her luge came through the opening at the end without her. Oh, I had no idea where she was. Yeah. So I had to climb back in, and she was half conscious and <laughs> pretty oh banged up, and went over. The ambulance came, and. Uh, I said, is this it? She's like, no, but I think I'm going to have to take the rest of the day off. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad she's okay. That's scary. It's a crazy sport. I I don't know how those people do it. And and some of them go face first. Like it's uh, for skeleton. Like they are absolutely crazy. Oh my God. They are crazy. Totally crazy. Yeah. 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 You see it on the Olympics and you know, it's an option, but like it never crossed my radar as as an actual option. That's pretty wild. It it is. She just fell into it. You know, they had a little thing at, at, we call it Canada Olympic park here in Calgary that, you know, where we had the 88 Olympics. So we were just up there and they had a program where you could uh, test it out and she just fell in love with it. So she did that for a couple of years and I'm happy to say she's no longer in it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they they actually closed the course down. So here Good in Calgary, so yeah, okay. so we would have had to move out to to uh, Whistler, British Columbia, in order to to continue, and that just wasn't part of our plan. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Now now she's a she's an electrician apprentice, and she drives a 1987 Purple Firebird. And as you nice. know, I used to drive a 1986 
blue firebird up in Alaska. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. I yeah, love full it. Full circle. Full circle. Full so. circle. It all comes back around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect car for snow weather. <laughs> it is. Rear wheel drive, lots of power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great donuts. Yeah. It just made it easier. I didn't have to drive every Saturday night after games. That's or right. That's right. That's strategic. Yeah, it was always Betsy or you that had to drive. Yeah, it was perfect. That's right. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, too funny. So, so you, for years, I've been hearing about the Calgary Stampede, and you're back in Calgary. Uh, one of these days, I actually do want to come up and and maybe we should do a UA event there. I don't know, but. Um, I do want to come up and, and check it out, but any other guys around the Calgary area or general Alberta area that you see or that you you stay in contact with? We, yeah, we, we have a few around here, actually. Uh, we have Troy Norcross, um, Norks, who we played with for two years. Great guy. Uh, yeah. Awesome guy. One of the best guys around. Um, yeah. and then we have, uh, one of the legends, Derek Donald lives Absolutely. on an acre trait by me. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was just down in Vegas uh, with, the, with the boys. So Yeah, and I'm actually going to have him on the pod here uh, in two episodes. I want to get him, get him on and give us an update on how Vegas went and all that. So Yeah, um, he, he's full cowboy now. Like he is, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, I love it. He's the stereotypical Albertan now. So. Oh, my gosh, um, I love it. I'm not. We we own about 32 horses, but I don't ride them. My wife does. Okay. I don't. I don't do. <laughs> and then uh, we also have Gordon McCann, who we played with our last two years as well. He's he's a Calgary boy now. So. Oh my gosh! One of my favorite hockey stories involves Gordo. Is that PG enough for us to tell it? I think it is. I don't know. From our rookie year. Not the one I'm thinking about. We can't tell that one. Okay. All right. The hot tub. Yes. <laughs> I don't think. Well, I think we can tell it. It's yeah. I guess it's not too bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> it's not graphic. So, so just for listeners' sake, and I'll tee it up, and then you can finish it. But a bunch of us hanging out. I don't know. It was five or six guys that had a house for some reason. You guys all went together and in on a house, and so we were all hanging out. And uh, you know, Gordo was there, and I think Prevost and. Uh, I forget who else lived there. Like uh, maybe maybe Grabinski, Charbonneau. Anyway, um, four or five guys, and uh, we're all just chatting. And, and Gordo, who, by the way, was my roommate on the road, so I've got some funny stories. I'm going to bring him on. We're going to chat about that. <laughs> Classic guy. Guy is so funny. And yeah. uh, so we're all sitting around having a couple of beers, chatting, and then I look around the room, and he's MIA. Gordo's just gone, just missing gone no one knows where he is dark freaking a foot of snow dropping outside and we have no idea so i'll let you take it from there yeah we were well we started to get worried about him because this for listeners as well you gotta remember this is pre uh cell phone days and you couldn't text each other and you know and he was he was just gone we had no idea where he was and it had to be what two hours later yeah oh yes at least at at least two hours yeah, two to three hours later, whatever it was, he he comes walking back in the front door with a towel over his shoulder and and, and a lack of anything else on his body. <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and walks right in looking so relaxed and calm. I had no idea that we were worried about him. And we all looked at him and we're like, Gordo, where have you been? 
And he's like, oh, I've been in the hot tub. <clears throat> and we all looked and we're like, we don't have hot tub here. And he's like, no, I found one down the street about five houses down. <laughs> he was in a stranger's hot tub for two and a half, three hours, whatever it was. <laughs> oh, incredible. Yeah, he had figured out that the neighbors were gone for the winter or something and went down and turned the hot tub on and then came down and hung out with the boys and, and quietly disappeared for his own hot soak for about yeah. two hours. Well, he always had to have a shower before every game and practice as well. Yeah. So he, he, he needed to keep that big body warm. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my gosh! So yeah. that, I know that well. That wasn't one of the stories you wanted to tell about our time together in UA. What what else you got? I I've got one too that I I thought, you know, just reflecting on this might be the same oh, one you've got. Man, there, there's just so many. Like I, we had such a good crew. Uh, I mean, that was our first full year in the WCHA, so we we got to go on the road quite a bit. And I don't know if you remember, but our our freshman class, I think we had about ten or twelve guys. And then by the end, our fourth year, we were down just to the three of us. Yeah. It was you, you, me, and Betsy. Yeah. Yeah. Tom because Bethers. everyone else left or like me, Mika got hurt and couldn't play anymore. Right. Um, which is another crazy story. That's super crazy. Happened in yeah. a total accident. Complete freak thing. Yeah. Lost a kidney. Yeah. But um, no, there's just so many stories and, and I mean, such a great crew and, and, I mean, I still talk to Betsy all the time. I still talk to you all the time now. Like, uh, just such a good time and such a great school. And, you know, and the, the, the PG stories. I mean, when you and I lived together, I remember we got in a fight for like two weeks where we wouldn't talk to each other, but we also wouldn't do our own dishes. <laughs> That's the story I was going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, man, and we had, <laughs> we had a stack of, of, it had to be 30 plates. It was all of them. We didn't have anything left in the in the cabinet. Yeah, nothing else to eat. And I would and walk if, by and go, he's going to get it. And I know you walked by and was like, Val's going to get it. Yeah. Most of those are yours anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, neither of us ended up getting them. And, and needless to say that, you know, when you leave food on plates for too long, it sometimes turns into a, a form of cement. So... That was now a piece of artwork that neither of us wanted to keep. So th those dishes did not come apart. I think we had to throw out, of the 30 dishes, I think we had to throw out 20 of them because we couldn't get them apart anymore. So We came back from a road trip. Finally, we're not mad at each other anymore. And we decided to do the dishes. And I think I go over and grab one. And all of them came out of the sink at the same time. They were totally connected. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to throw all our dishes away and get new dishes. It's so funny you remember Terrible. that. I think I, I, ate, I ate soup for like two weeks because I didn't want to wash <laughs> Just for spite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was oh, hard. I, like, it. We, I mean, we spent, we spent every minute together either yeah. at home or on the rink or, or on the road. And I think, you know, for people that, that are, have been in the game and played at that level and that spent that kind of time with each other, you realize the bonds that you make and yeah. they never go away. I mean, you know, there's, we were just talking about guys here in Calgary and I actually hadn't seen Gord in years. And I was at the beer fest here a couple of years ago, right before COVID. And th there's 10,000 people at this beer fest. And obviously you have a couple of beverages in you. And I was walking in, walking by one of the booths and, and someone walking by the other way. And I knew right away it was Gord. And I spun around and I yelled his name and people are staring at us and we gave each <laughs> other a massive hug. 
front of all these thousands of people and, yeah. and his buddies are looking at me and my buddies are looking at me and him and doing like, how do these guys know each other? Yeah. And it, it had to be 15 years since we've seen each other and not a day passed. Wow. Not a, so yeah, I love it. I, I, I love it. that. That's the stuff I love. And I miss yeah. most about the game is, is yeah. like the friendships. Like we, I mean, we said it again, like even Mika, like I haven't talked to Mika in a long time, but I mean, that guy could come and stay at my house anytime he wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what we're doing here. Um, you know, kind of bringing it home with the podcast, just like we want to be able to pull guys back together. Not only the guys that we played with, but there's this fraternity before us and after us, right. We're all part of a brotherhood. Um, and we're, we all live in different places now. It's not always easy to get together. We're going to put together some events and things like that. Maybe once or twice a year is what we're working on. Uh, try and bring the fraternity back together. Um, but that's really what this podcast is about, is about reconnecting yeah. teammates, old friendships, um, and maybe awareness of, hey, there might be a guy just down the road from me. I didn't even know that you know we played together. Um, I've run into a couple of guys that uh, you know played for UA in different eras, and we get into conversations. I remember I, I ran into Lorne Noft not too Nofty. long ago. We were in the bellies of Little Caesars Arena uh, in downtown Detroit, and I just get into a conversation with a guy, and so what's your name? He said, Lauren Noft. I, I about fell over. And he, he and I were not friends, but there's there can't be two Lauren Nofts in this world, no. let alone in a hockey rink, you know? And so we started just having a laugh about what the heck? We're both, you know, in the bowels of Little Caesars Arena. How does this happen? I love stories like that. I love that connection. So, yeah, hey, it, it, I mean, it's probably a good thing there's not two Lauren Knopfs in this world, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, he actually grew up just not too far from where from Calgary here. So, we, oh, like, really? I, yeah, like I, I believe it's Hannah, Hannah, Alberta. Um, but I went out there and worked a hockey school with him and a couple other guys and Darcy Tucker and guys like that. And, wow. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. Oh, but, my gosh. Great Actually, every once in a while, I'll still see uh, uh, Jeremy Millamuck. Really? Yeah, because he he's he's pretty big in the hockey world, so he yeah. he'll come through Calgary for tournaments and stuff with his uh, with his guys. And a few years ago, I, uh, a couple of years ago, he was he was here in Calgary, so we hooked up. And same thing, like not a minute passed, right? Yeah. So, uh, Mills is yeah. a great guy. We got to get him guy. on the pod soon too. Well, his kids are just like him too. Really. Yeah, it's it's a great story. Actually, I was watching uh, on Twitter the other day. There's the Barstool Sports, and they were showing a brawl uh, in college hockey that just happened. Yeah, uh, you know, like a, a college hockey brawl, not, sure, not sure. your 1980s yeah. NHL brawl. But right. it was after the handshake, and some guys threw a few punches and got together and stuff. And and you could see right in the middle of all the scuffle, uh, I believe it was UAF. Okay, and uh, it might have been it wasn't Duluth because that's where his other kid plays, but. Actually, when it, when it all started to, to to kind of dissipate and everyone was going apart, in the middle of it all, the person causing all the problems, throwing the punches, was Millamuck's kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent it to him right away, and I'm like, this doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Not for one second. No, they both play exactly like he does. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's kind of awesome to watch, yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, listen, man, 
thank you for coming on this has been a great walk down memory lane and I, i'm really glad we did not have the video on for this because i seriously would not make it through <laughs> but uh i also want to invite you back like i mean you're such a character and i'd love to co-host some some pods with you and down the road so i'd like to have you back and and maybe pull some of these other guys from alberta onto the into the conversation uh we'd love to do that i would love it i would absolutely love to do that yeah anytime but you gotta That'd get be awesome on. Yeah, we, I mean, my gosh, he definitely cannot be on video. That guy's hilarious too. Yeah. He was most of the problems on the road for the stories that we can't tell. And you know, exactly which one I'm talking about. I do. Texted last week about. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And so for listeners, thank you for indulging two roommates who care about each other and different. He's in Alberta. I'm in Florida, different parts of the world. And, um, but this is what it's all about, right? So for listeners, if you want to be on the pod or you have, uh, a couple of guys in your area and we want to throw a few guys on. We'd love to hear about who's doing what, where that's what it's all about is, is reconnecting with the brotherhood. Um, and uh, just a couple updates and then I'll let you run uh, for today, but we do have most of our updates up on our website, which is seawolfhockeyalumni.com. If you have questions, you can reach out directly to us at info I-N-F-O at SeawolfHockeyAlumni.com. Subscribe, share with your friends, share with the boys. We'd love to get the word out so that we can continue to spread the good word. And with that, we wish you well, and we look forward to talking to you at the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pack is Back podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.